Hi everyone, welcome to another instalment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Dominic Haas, Morgan Dean, Frank Wendt and Allah Hadid. We're going to be discussing the topic around AI and how blockchain and AI interlink to play a role in the future economy. So before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. So Dominic, if you wouldn't mind starting just to give a little bit of an introduction to yourself. Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Dom. I am uh, one of the co-founders of Interlay. Uh, we are building Bitcoin cross-chain infrastructure and a Bitcoin DeFi hub. Uh, we are parachain on Polkadot. So uh, we're live since August last year there. Um, for me personally, I'm I'm leading the engineering team there. I have a PhD in, in cryptocurrencies from the Imperial College in London. So I've been working in the space for quite a bit. Um, did that on mechanism design and all sorts of other fun stuff before it was kind of called DeFi. Um, and yeah, I, I do some software engineering um, when I actually still get around to do that. Um, that's me in a nutshell. Perfect. Thank you. Morgan, welcome to you next. Yeah, sure. So um, there's probably two distinct sides to what I do. I'm, I, people will know one or the other side, depending on how they've interacted with me. On one hand, I'm the CEO of a boutique investment bank based in Zurich uh, with operations globally. It's predominantly a traditional finance business. So it's it's actually the other side of my personality that takes me to podcasts like this. Um, my personal involvement in blockchain and crypto has been pretty much spanning now over six years where I've been angel investing and uh, advising startups in the tech space. Uh, I'm on the board of a number of leading players in the crypto and blockchain space. Um, I guess I'm not just a disruptor at heart, but I'm drawn to the ways in which blockchain can redesign our commercial world. And, and financial inclusion has always been something that has been um, an important thing for me. So that's something which we talked about for years, never been able to address. And I, I hope we're on the, the cusp of changing that now. Thanks, Morgan. Frank, can we come to you next? Sure, no problem. Um, yeah, I'm co-founder of Obligate, formerly known as FQX, also a startup um, based in Zurich. Um, basically dealing with uh, digital debt instruments, um, bonds, commercial papers, and medium-term notes or any other debt instrument on a crypto basis, blockchain basis, basically on Polygon and EVM. Um, otherwise, I am also uh, have different hats. I'm very much involved in the trade finance or digitalization of trade finance. Um, in particular, also advising on the electronic trade documents bill, which is going through the UK Parliament, which will hopefully change the way we can uh, actually create digital assets which are enshrined in law um, and embedded in law and equivalent to paper. And I'm also advising companies in the space of inclusion, financial inclusion that Morgan mentioned. Smallholder farming is in financing is something I'm uh, involved in, an advisor to a, to, a, to a company. This does actually not do blockchain or AI. It's more normal digital um, digitalization um, techniques we're using, but it's not AI necessarily in blockchain. And before that, I was 14 years KPMG, uh, worked for Intel Corporation in Silicon Valley, etc. PP. I have some gray hair, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Um, Alec, can we come to you next? Yes, uh, for sure. Um, my name is Ala. I am a principal software engineer working with MetaMask. 
I am based in Dubai. I have been working in the space uh, with Web3 and blockchain for my last five years. So focusing on and actively uh, being part of the community around the blockchain interoperability with, uh, with within the ecosystem and how to enable uh, prosperity and free access to, to the financial layer. Uh, and I have been working on different initiatives and projects like from retail to an institution around on-ramping, off-ramping, uh, around like the DeFi space. And I, I, I do believe that like this is part of a bigger picture where I believe artificial intelligence is going to be another piece in the puzzle. And I would be happy to, happy to delve and elaborate in that conversation with you guys today. Happy to be here. Thanks, everyone. So um, now we're all introduced. Let's move on to the topic in focus. So you all have a question or statement on how AI and blockchain can play a role in the future economy. As usual, I'm going to work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So let's start with Morgan. Yeah, sure. So in, when we talk about the future economy, uh, decentralized finance or, or DeFi is a pretty divisive topic. So on one hand, people will say this is what the future of finance is going to look like, completely decentralized, no banks, no intermediaries. And on the other hand, uh, we hear that regulation is absolutely necessary. The centralized system needs to stay and that DeFi is just another place where scammers can try to, uh, you know, scam you, can commit crimes or avoid tax. What are your views on this? So, Dom, we'll come to you first. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, to me, there's a lot of de the term DeFi being used on protocols that aren't really decentralized. So, for me, DeFi is really on enforceable smart contracts where the rules are 100% clear and everybody kind of understands exactly those rules. Um, so, the need for regulation, in a sense, should come from the blockchain layer itself, from the immutability and from the users that, that use it. Um, there's still admittedly a big learning curve because something like Luna was open source, right? But it still massively failed, um, which I think is overall like a net positive thing, like that even these large projects can fail if their economic design isn't sound. Um, on the other hand, I think regulation is quite necessary as well, but I'm not sure, um, well, uh, I mean, clear re regulation would be pretty good for being a DeFi product ourselves. Sometimes it's really hard to navigate that kind of stuff um, because you never really know what the regulator will actually say. Um, and on the centralized side, I think this is where a lot of regulation is actually needed when protocols that pretend to be decentralized but have multi-sigs in place or uh, where, where there are central entities that actually can control and, and rockpile all the funds from users. I think this is exactly the place where you need regulation because you shouldn't have that power in a DeFi system or if we come from Bitcoin ethos, like, right, it should be decentralized and we we shouldn't give power to individual entities to cheat you out of money. That's That's the why we built these complicated blockchain systems in the first place. So I'm very much pro DeFi in the way that it's kind of meant to be. <laughs> That's an interesting discussion. I mean, you, you also could contrast it to CeFi, right? And um, 
Interestingly enough, in the German regulation, we have the Electronic Securities Act now since last year, right? As an example only, on the regulatory side, right? Um, you have actually two, 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 two ways of doing it, or two columns. One column is the centralized CFI way, where they basically get rid of the paper and you centrally book transactions uh, in Clearstream, for example. And, and then on the other hand, you have a crypto, crypto regulation. And then you, you see that, um, interestingly enough, you try to get away from intermediation and uh, then all of a sudden the regulation requires an, a central, uh, although you have an, a DLT infrastructure, you have a the requirement, a regulatory requirement of a central registry leader who's making sure the everything goes smoothly, right? So you can see that regulation can actually go to the core of what DeFi actually tries to do when regulation tries to control, you know, doesn't trust the technology and smart contracts blindly, uh, which is probably then the balancing act, right, um, in my view. I think, however, that DeFi will, through regulation, uh, will go away from the Wild West, and I think you will see the 20,000 crypto coins basically inflating and uh, basically vanishing. <laughs> It doesn't take long. It takes a bit longer, right? I mean, like .com, after a while, you didn't hear about eToys anymore and all, all the stuff which, which came up, right? Uh, but I think as the regulation comes in, barriers to entry are raised and only the best that um, will survive in DeFi. Thanks for that, Frank. Morgan, does that kind of answer your question? Is there anything else you wanted to, to add to the own question? No, I mean, it's, it kind of reflects the view that I would have is I, I think there's, you know, when you read about this kind of stuff in the media, there's there's this belief that it's a zero sum game and that we're going to be left with one or the other, which I don't think is, is necessarily true. I think um, it's the reality is that most people are not comfortable managing their own money anyway. So creating a technological solution that allows them to do stuff by themselves, <clears throat> it's all good and well, but I don't think that I think that the default for most people is to prefer to have somebody do it on their behalf. But I do think that um, a decentralized world remaining is important. I think that DeFi, at the moment, people are, I think, struggling to understand what use DeFi would have in the world. And I think the, what, the way I look at this is that, you know, if we if we were to get rid of decentralized finance and replace it with a centralized financial alternative, you raise the barriers to entry again to the point that if you don't have a bank account, you can't get into the system. So then we're stuck with the uh, 1.7 billion unbanked people around the world and you don't change the issue of the wealth gap. If we at least have a decentralized solution where everyone can participate and we move the cash economy into something that can create a credit re record for people and give people an opportunity to invest money, this is an important thing for both the climate and for financial inclusion and for just the balance of the planet generally. So I think it's important that we have regulation, but it's also important that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Perfect. Uh, Frank, can we come to you next with your question? Sure. Um, yeah, my question is actually relatively broad. Uh, what are the actual strategic productivity levers of AI and blockchain that propel economic growth? That was my question. And uh, it's actually interesting because it's related also to the first one this in, in, in an abstract sense. Yeah. And Don, welcome to you. Uh, right. Um, it's a great question. I... I'm not super sure exactly how it will propel that 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 growth. Um, I think there's multiple ways it can go. 
Um, for me, the, the interesting part comes when we kind of combine the two technologies. So Morgan, kind of picking up a little bit what you just said in, in your previous statement, right? Um, uh, let's use it as an example where uh, people don't want to man manage their own own money. And let's say uh, you'd have uh, some sort of tool, like some sort of AI solution, right? That would actually manage your money, like, uh, I don't know, the Google Maps for finances, right? You just say, I want to have uh, this and that much. That's my level of risk that I'm willing to accept. And this is kind of my expectations on returns. And then you combine that with a blockchain layer where um, that tool that's managing your money actually has some rules that are enforced on chain via a smart contract um, where you can still kind of control that that tool and you don't you give it some rules and you give it some base layer and I think this is where kind of the the two areas might converge and where there can be quite a lot of growth and if, if I take that example like you have like a Google Maps for finance right and then potentially that could be useful to a ton of people and I think the the kind of what would make it a convincing argument is like a nice app or some nice user interface. And then potentially the growth is like everybody could use that technology, right? So it's 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 the potential, the upward potential is is quite high, I, I would say, almost unlimited. Uh, although I don't want to really use the word, but uh, now I'm using it. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, I mean, I asked the question, right? I mean, and let me, from my perspective, it's, it's one component, obviously, only to this, to the answer. I mean, you can have thousands of answers to this. But if I look at the word strategic product productivity levels, that's what I was actually after. What are the strategic productivity levels, which is actually growth then, right? It emanates into growth. And if I look at what is actually the biggest problem we have is actually, from my perspective, which is related between AI, in my view, and also blockchain, which is basically identity, right? EIDs, digital identity wallets, and we sold tokens. But in the end of the day, how can I make sure that I am who I am and I am in control of my own personal data and identity-related attributes? Uh, is I think the key, and that's where AI can play role. Well. And if you take the Apple phone or whatever Samsung phone, you are you know you're identified, right? Face recognition, instantaneously. But then behind that could be a wallet, and that wallet it, it contains certain attributes, be it health data, financial data. It could be a digital digital wallet for assets, right? Like stable coins, CBDCs in the future. And if you look at the EU, looking at this at the moment, right, with EIDAS two which is basically the um, an initiative across the European Union, that is for me a strategic productivity lever. Because as soon as each citizen would have an, their own digital wallet, digital identity, uh, they can transact um, maybe on any blockchain. And they are combining this with uh, AI. And that would unleash services beyond you can imagine. That is for me a real strategic productivity lever. Thanks, Frank. Ala, was there anything else you wanted to add on that? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, one perspective to look uh, to look to the AI and question like, with the advancement of AI going to help us, like in terms of financial inclusion, uh, going or it is is AI, for example, like could too much development around AI be counterproductive? 
I think the answer is yes. And we know AI is going to move the world into more precision, uh, into more accuracy, and like it's going to increase the total collective intelligence of like, you know, every everything around us. But this is going to create a segregation. You would see like uh, wealthy people who's having access to advanced AI algorithms is going to leverage that, that layer. And people with like less access to advanced AI going to uh, not leverage uh, the potential of employing AI. So in my opinion, the potential and the gap could increase. So it's a double-sided sword in my opinion. And without the proper regulatory framework, we could go both ways. We, we don't have a guarantee. It is, it is non-deterministic in my opinion where we could approach with the advancement and employment of AI. It could go in one side or it could go on another side. Morgan, do you have anything you want to add on that? Yeah, I, I agree with <clears throat> with everything that's being said. I mean, from, from my point of view, with, with respect to being strategic and having productivity, I think the base level is always utility for, for me, is that there's a lot of, there will be a lot of innovation and a lot of uh, ideas that will come up in the space. But sometimes it feels like people are just fumbling around in the dark, coming up with cool things that don't necessarily do much. I, I come across so many you know, startups who will pitch something along the lines of, we have the next Airbnb, but it's on blockchain or it has AI. I mean, trying to fix things that don't need fixing is not the way forward. But if we can find... At the very base level, if you think about blockchain and AI working together, what you have is basically data. You've got an immense amount of data. You have it recorded and verified on a public place, and you have a way to make sense of all of that data. So if if you take that fact, what can you apply it to? Like you've, you mentioned uh, digital identities. Like there are so many things that could work with digital identity. It could make airline travel much more streamlined. It could make ticketing for concerts more streamlined. There are so many things that can be done with that. But you're, you're right, Al. I, I think um, we have to avoid a situation where wealthy people get access to the best AI and therefore they, you know, you, you today we have a wealth gap that's increasing because people have access to better financial products. But if in the next 50 years, the wealth gap starts to increase because people have access to better technology and better AI, that's also a problem. And that's something we need to be mindful of, I think. It's an interesting subject. And I think something that um, myself and Alan have spoke about in the past is um, the potential of AI um, hindering job security. Does anyone have any thoughts on how that could potentially potentially happen in future <laughs> yeah i would i would add few uh, perceptions here about about job security so if we ask uh, in a very high level like what is the most uh, touchable or uh, remarkable impact of advancement of ai i would say it would be like the precision and the increase of efficiency overall so many of the things we do today will be ai guided in the future so you will be the things we do manually today, most of the things in the future, I anticipate going to be guided with AI. But as a, a result of this, as a side effect, what will be the impact on empathy? Uh, people will be more rough, in my opinion. People will be more precise because in general, AI is not doesn't have empathy, doesn't have emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence will become a rare commodity in the future. And I do believe that the more advancement we have AI is going to leave some people like, you know, because we know people are not equal and people, they are not have the same capabilities. They don't have, you know, the same 
sort of narratives. I think it's going to leave uh, sometimes bad impact on, 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 on people because they need they don't feel competitive enough to, to, to with, the, with the level of uh, efficiency and level of precision which AI is bringing to the table. And people who will not be able to pick up the base, not necessarily to feel they are in the best stage of life, in my opinion. So we do have responsibility of social inclusion. How do we provide an ecosystem that will still include people who would not be able to engage with the advancement of AI and does not discriminate them in the future. Mm -hmm. And definitely this is going to leave some impact on like many jobs going to be rendered obsolete by advancement of AI. And not everyone, they would be able like, you know, to pivot, you know, or to adapt to the new situation. So those people who will not be able to adapt to the new situation of AI, as a community, as a society, as a government, as a companies, how we will be able to uh, incubate them, if that makes sense. This will be a big challenge in the future, in my opinion. Hmm. Interesting. I, mean, I, I don't, I have never, I mean, looking at, at history sometimes helps, right? Um, and, and we have examples where technology and technological change obviously changed also the the job market, right? And the way we actually work and uh, what kind of work is available, right? I, I think although AI and the development, especially if you are in the space uh, of AI development or blockchain development or whatever, or technolo technological development in the broader sense, you feel like everything is going like light speed, right? Because there's so much change and so much development, especially if you're in this space. But if you then look at the broader economy, I think it takes a while until it's really penetrating. At least that's my perception. I mean, if you go to Singapore, there's a difference than going to, let's say, um, I don't know, uh, Germany, Berlin, whatever. Although you, they would claim they are on an innovative side, but compared to Singapore, there's a huge difference, right? The difference of, difference of speed. I think it will take a migration and it's, it's going to be transformative. I'm not so worried. Of course, there are always people that will not be able to keep track or keep this pace and then they fall into the social system if you have one. It's always a question of the net net, right? And I think the net net is positive. I'll give you another counter example. You have a smallholder farmer, doesn't get financing because he doesn't get financing. There's no information on the smallholder farmer and to get information and data is simply not affordable. The banks cannot acquire the data. It's too expensive. Right. And then you can't underwrite. And then they can't provide financing because they can't provide financing. They can't provide jobs. Now you get in with big data and you're providing satellite pictures. You look at the soil analytics. You look at weather. You look at risk, uh, de-risking with weather derivatives based on AI and modeling. And out of a sudden, the bank can underwrite credit. And the smallholder farmer in India, in Africa, in Kenya, in Ghana gets financing and he can invest reinvest into its business, recreating, building an ecosystem in its village, in its city, in its country. That's the other way of thinking about it. I mean, so you will see there are different streams. There are several trains leaving the station. One is going north, some one is going south, one is going east and west. And there's going to, there's going to be compensating factors, there are global factors. My view is this, the incumbents are the industrial nations. 
These are the Germanys, the UK, the France, and you see the pressure already on the social systems. You see the pressure on the psychology, how many mental people, people have mental problems increasing. The reason is basically they are, they are not flexible enough. And going back to job security, I agree. There needs to be more flexibility. Not everybody is fit for it. Uh, may, may I ask one question here, Frank, uh, to double down on the last point, say like there is a lot of mental problems. Do you think the advancement of AI is going to decrease mental problems moving forward, in your opinion? Yes, it will decrease. And I'll kind of give you an example. Um, let's assume you, you have, um, this is, uh, you just take uh, Ziri, or you take, uh, what is from Amazon, the, uh, what's her name, Axelva, I mean, Ax, what is her name again? I, I, you know what I mean, yeah? the, the speaking. Their voices are tuned to p- give you peace. Yeah? So into the entire, like, it's like music, right? If you have music, if you know how to write a hit song, you know this is a drum range you need to be in. This is a drum range, and that is resonating with human beings. That's it. If you are in this drum range, the probability of success is X. You can do this, uh, you can stochastically manage that. Same over here, you can basically provide services, digital services, AI services with voices and everything. You might not like it from a conceptual perspective, from a feeling perspective, it might be actually positive. Robots in elderly care might come up in the future. The person will look like the way you wanted them to look like. They speak the way you speak. They're very friendly. It might be actually calm you down. I think. I think. I think it's in my opinion. I think it will be totally opposite because yeah. I believe. I believe in my opinion, with all the respect, I believe yeah. the AI is going to diffuse the empathy component moving forward so look look today just take an example today many of the interaction happening in the uh, between different people it has some kind of emotional component and empathy and understanding of people with the precision that's going to happen it's all about data it's all about statistics it's all about numbers you just give a nice example just you know five minutes ago that it will be all about data big data analysis and like, you know, more about precision of those uh, results and insights. So if everything will start to be based on insights, I believe definitely it's going to improve. It's going to come up with a lot of advantages. However, it's not necessarily going to make everyone happy. No. There will be many people, there will be many people who will be impacted by the level of precision AI is going to bring to bring on the table because we are humans at the end. We do have this emotional component. It will never fan, it will never vanish. Whatever we do, but AI, AI doesn't have emotions. If that makes sense. <laughs> Tom, yeah. was there something you wanted to add on that? Um, yeah, I think um, the current advancements that we see in AI technology. Um, like especially like chat gpt i don't know if you guys already played around with that or github copilot it's it's quite impressive to me to see that um and i already kind of use that kind of technology in my daily workflow and it went really fast now to to use these technologies and i think um there's going to be jobs impacted um, that we wouldn't normally expect, especially, um, I don't know, maybe accounting jobs, like things that are easily automatable. Um, I think there's a, there's a company, a startup in the U.S. that's now trying to do AI lawyers, right, even get them into a courtroom and, and negotiate cases in, in front of a judge using AIs. Um, I, I'm pretty confident that, that the current advancements in AI, also in blockchain, but maybe more so in AI right now, 
uh, will disrupt industries and it will have an impact on on like job security for sure if you if you can't adopt um, at the same time I kind of agree with both of your statements in the sense that um, you will likely need some sort of strong state that can catch people um, that fall fall through that that hole where jobs will just be replaced um, maybe it's though a decent thing where in the current state where AI can automate some of these a bit more uh, boring tasks, right? And you still need to have somebody who can understand the underlying attention of the system, because I think that will be really hard to replace. So if you have an AI, right, and you ask ChatGPT to write you something, it's hard to give it the original intention, right? The AI part is, is maybe not great right now in, into giving it the meaning that you actually want to have to it will give you kind of a, I don't know, it will write you a nice article, but in the end, uh, you have to give it the intention of that article. And I think for that, you still need humans, and maybe we can concentrate more of this, you know, in intentional behavior. How do we want to build systems, and how do we want to shape society and use AI as a tool for that? Um, but I do agree, you, you need to have some, you know, adjustments in, in the workforce, and job security will for sure be impacted. Thanks, Tom. Morgan, did you have something to add on that? Yeah, I think it's it's fascinating how uh, technological innovation will usually polarize people into immediately trying to resist and seeing the negative side, and then on the other hand, being incredibly optimistic and seeing the world uh, being rid of all its problems. Um, it's probably the most overused quote in, in terms of entrepreneurialism, but everybody refers to what Henry Ford said, that if he had asked his customers what they wanted, they would have asked for faster horses. And it feels a little bit like um, we're at that juncture with AI because <sighs> Instead of asking, how can AI make our existing jobs more impactful and more meaningful? The concern is, how can we protect the jobs that we have, even if they're not that meaningful and even if they're not that impactful? Because I think what we have here is the opportunity to, and to go to the mental health point, which I think is extremely important. I mean, we have a, a major issue across society with mental health problems right now, and people are getting burned out, they're feeling disconnected, they're feeling stressed. These are issues that are arising from a variety of different uh, areas of our lives. But if we can use AI to make, for example, the work, you know, the idea of the eight hour workday has come from industrial times. I mean, the, the fact that you need to be doing something for eight hours, how about you do it for one hour? you're equally as effective as you would be over eight. And you can go and spend the other seven living your life and enjoying time with your friends and family. That would certainly be a way, a way that AI could make our lives more meaningful and where perhaps have a positive mental impact. But I'm seeing so many things that are uh, very resistant to that change. And I saw an article last week in LinkedIn where somebody uh, from the education profession had written a scathing article about ChatGPT saying that if people didn't put a stop to this now, that it was the end of education and people would stop learning. Now, the reality is that while part of that may be true, ChatGPT has opened everybody's eyes to the fact that AI is going to create different needs from a learning point of view going forward. I mean, the things we needed to learn 10 years ago, it's questionable whether we still need to learn them today. I mean, if if we are using AI that is answering all the questions in a couple of milliseconds, then there's a lot of things we can probably stop doing repetitively. We can stop repetitive learning in schools and we can start to equip people better for the world that they're moving into. So I think um, it's kind of a very a Darwinian situation of who's going to adapt the quickest. And I think that's what AI is going to do. It's going to, it's going to give the opportunity to people to say, right, I'm going to use AI to make my life more meaningful, more enjoyable, make my job more uh, impactful. 
and other people will try and resist the change and there'll be winners and losers like there always is but i think it's important to have that open-mindedness yeah. Thanks, Morgan. Ala, did you have something to add? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I will add to what Morgan just said. I mean, in general, I, I don't have a pessimistic uh, pessimistic view over the future and the impact of AI. I mean, I do understand exactly the magnitude and the, the importance of, of the AI, what it will bring to the table and to the evolution of humanity and the problems that are going to be solved. However, some of those solve the problems going to generate another problems. Let's take the example you just gave about like letting the people spend like working one hour and seven, free, seven hours spent with the family. What if you get people a lot of free time? Do you know the amount of problems you are going to have on the table? And, 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 and <laughs> I... <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the nature of life, the nature of, of like, it's like employing people and make the people busy, you know, this is what makes the best out of your day, you know, it's like to have to strike the right balance between how to employ and utilize your time and how to spend, you know, your, your free time. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult um, uh, uh, a trajectory, in my opinion. When, when when we are going to overutilize AI. So the, the best way I would think about AI and the best employment in my opinion is um, an AI guided services or AI guided narrative, which is AI will not replace humans uh, completely, will not take, take, take the job of humans completely. AI is going to augment the efficiency and the outcome of the results of human beings. So there's a lot of inefficiency currently happening in, in different sectors. I think AI should be, will help to employ, uh, employing AI on those sectors, going to help us to be, to, to be more, more advanced and more precise. We should deviate, we should push back from taking people jobs and like, marketing and AI where it could do everything instead of human being. I know there will be a lot of greed. I know there will be a lot of like entrepreneurs going from day one, seeking profit, seeking like cutting down jobs. This is going to happen sooner or later. But I think with the proper regulatory framework, we should be able to hedge against that. Thanks, Ala. Dom, I imagine um, you managing a team within blockchain, you've got a, a few points to add there. Yeah, I'm 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 not sure if a regular a regulatory framework can actually do much against um you know AI taking over jobs um and I think it would be wrong to artificially create jobs just to give people something to do. Um I mean I from my personal experience I I like working a lot. I I work a lot, but also when I actually took off time from work and not do work for a couple of months uh, after after I finished my master studies, it was quite an enjoyable experience overall, um, because you can fill your day with other stuff that that isn't necessarily work. I guess it, it's good to have something to do in the day, but that doesn't mean it needs to be work. And especially, I think the work that we will see replaced first by AI technology is specifically repetitive work. Um, and I think going a little bit into what Frank and Morgan said um, around education system, um, I think there's going to be the need to, to change that specifically where education systems, also university level education, is a lot about, you know, replicating um, 
work that's always been done and, and goes away from actually producing novel ideas, um, which will be, I think, a lot more focused on going forward in the education system. And that's also provides a lot more intention and meaning because I feel like in a, if your workday is mostly filled with, with doing meaningful things that, at least for me, that gives me a lot more fulfillment and, and happiness overall. Mm, interesting. Did you have anything, Frank, that you wanted to add on that? I had one thought, which, which builds on um, Henry Ford, the quotation uh, that Morgan brought in, right? I mean, in the end of the day, we have uh, one of the biggest industries is the automotive industry, right? And before and that, you know, provides a lot of labor, quality, high quality labor as well, right? And jobs, to be honest, um, engineering jobs. Uh, that happened in uh, 1923 or something on this this way. We, we, um, we had then the iPhone, the iPhone, nobody asked for an iPhone, right? And now we have how many jobs did the iPhone provide? All the app developers around the world making money, amazing amazing ecosystems right created jobs created creative jobs created now this is the next wave is ai and ai is obviously very broad it's a very broad term but my feeling is that this will happen the same way it will create a completely new industries or new industries in plural which will propel us into another uh, because human beings one thing we have is built in we are always built in it's a bit philosophical uh, built in to look for purpose. Uh, we always look for purpose, and we always have the frontier of the future in front of us, which is unknown, which we create, and that's where we are in. And that's that's I think I believe very strongly in the human beings. I'm not saying there are not going to be people who have trouble. I'm not saying that at all. But I think from a macro perspective, it leads us to a next next evolutionary stage, uh, which we need to take. Well, we have no choice, right? That's, that's, that's our destiny. So I, I believe that um, we should embrace it, but does not mean we are not looking at the downsides. We need to take care of, of each other. We are in the same destiny, on the same journey. We have the same destiny in terms of where we're going as humankind. So I think as long as we do that, embrace it and make the best out of it. But Morgan, one thing, sorry, I have to say, I would love to have your vision or that would come in reality that the productivity gains which we are going to generate without a doubt, in my view, would go back to the individual. Because if you remember MS Office, it's greater productivity, you have more time and blah, blah, blah. Come on, give me a break. People are working harder than ever, right? Uh, Dom is probably sitting there 16 hours a day and, and whatever, and I do the same, and, and we are all doing it, right? And we all think, hey, we get more time for ourselves. It's never happened. Um, it's it's the biggest lie ever. Uh, Bill Gates came out with this uh, one day. You know, we are, we, it's, the future is bright. We work less. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Hope dies last, Frank, so I might. Thank you for that, guys. Very interesting topic. Um, Dom, I just want to come to you finally, if you wouldn't mind posing your question to the panel. Uh, yeah, I 
I'm, I'm going to do a slight a slight variation on that um, since we already kind of touched on it. Uh, so basically, in in my view, there's AI and blockchain can work together, and I think to me the key ingredient what made blockchain as a technology interesting is that it uh, doesn't require trust between two parties. You replace that trust relationship through code and through a decentralized system uh, enforced by consensus. So I see that. Um, Combining these technologies opens up some entirely new applications where you can enforce trust relationships, uh, say, that come through AI, uh, through blockchain. And I, I gave an example there uh, where, for example, you could have autonomous agents, uh, I don't know, on a, a two cars on a highway that agree, like, if you let me overtake you, um, I'm going to save some time on that meeting that I really need to go to and we just make agree to a payment for that little overtaking service on the blockchain or you have this financial agent that manages your finances but you you keep it in check by encoding some of the rules in the in the blockchain world and I was kind of curious to hear all of your thoughts on you know how can these two technologies actually work together um, more from a what are the properties and the values that those two technologies can actually bring to the table and how they can be combined in a, in a meaningful way. Allah, did you have any thoughts on that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I think w which technology that is uh, going to be uh, to emerge from this, uh, these different levers, I think still there is a lot of uncertainty. What we know, we know that we have the AI lever, we have the blockchain and we have big data. This triangle is going to somehow, the three components going to uh, to generate maybe an ecosystem or maybe a mainstream product, which we don't know right now. Um, who was anticipating iPhone 50 years ago or 60 years ago? No one. Mm -hmm. um, like the, the, the question here, like what is that the iPhone moment uh, for AI and blockchain? Uh, a, a project like with the mainstream adoption or like a real use case that's going to have a um, remarkable influential impact on the advancement uh, of, of, of humanity and on the, on the economy. Definitely blockchain will be the layer of like the incentive layer or the financial layer uh, in the ecosystem. Uh, artificial in, in intelligence will be will be will have different use cases and with the analysis of big data, I think, Definitely, we will we will anticipate a lot of interesting use cases in the future. Mm. Do you want to raise a point on that, on that, Frank, as well? Yeah, I think it's an always interesting. I think AI is this term which is very broad, and there's so many use cases behind that, right? It's like like if you if you go back again in history and you the invention of the steam engine, right? And um, so the steam engine is, is an invention, but then the application was so manifold, right? It's so many areas of industry and, and so forth, right? Um, and paved the way then to the next level and, you know, combustion engines and so forth, right? I mean, um, so I think AI is, is for me, the undoubtedly the, the key, one of the key things in humanity, blockchain, um, I think it's going to be something we're not thinking about, like we don't think about HTTPS or we don't think about internet protocol. Nobody cares really. Uh, it's, it's happening in the background, right? We don't care. It's in terms action recording system, immutable and so forth, right? Um, 
I think we will see that most likely blockchain is not taking over the world. It will have very dedicated use cases. AI, I think, will be very broad in application. It will penetrate our lives more than ever. Uh, blockchain is going to be more um, application or use case specific. There are some use cases which make sense, some others where it does not make sense at all. Um, and then you have different different subcategories, private versus public and permissionless and permission base, all this stuff. I mean, not going into detail, but I think blockchain, my view is, is going to be in the future boring. In the end of the day, it's happening. What happens at the, is at the UI level or at the application layer level where you, where you reap the value, right? And the back end, you know, don't care whether it's Ethereum or whatever it is. Who knows? I mean, I think it's a non-event. We're making a lot of hype about it, but in the end of the day, in the future, I think nobody will think about it much. It's like the beginning of the internet, right? Everybody was super excited about internet protocol and then the HTTPS and the web programming. And But today you have so many workbench tools, higher programming language um, that nobody is really thinking about it. Thanks, yeah. Frank. Is there anything, Dom, that you wanted to add on that or has that kind of answered your question? <laughs> <laughs> no, that pretty much answered my my question, uh, or will give a perspective on that. Um, I agree uh, for sure with the with the sentiment that um, most of what we care about right now in blockchain layer is not it's not interesting to the end user, right? Uh, nobody really should care which network you're actually settling against. Uh, much like you don't really care uh, what actually happens in banks in the background. Um, yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Morgan. I'll just come to you. Yeah, I have to say, Dom, I love your uh, your uh, example of getting to be able to pass cars out on the road. I think I I would be broke. I would have paid for that uh, that option so many times, and and maybe that's how we we solve some of our mental health problems. We won't have as much road rage if we can just be civil and pass each other out. Um, I think it's a really interesting that you've raised the point though, because. When we talk about uh, the the benefits that blockchain can bring, and we try to explain, if you try to explain to somebody what blockchain is, and they know nothing about it, and we tend to get muddled up in the whole, oh, there's no intermediaries, and then we start to give examples of payments and banking. Actually, by removing intermediaries out of the equation, you you can give so many examples in everyday life of how things can work differently and how opportunities can be uh, created. That's one that you've given, for example. Um, thinking about, you know, you're driving through tolls, you're automatically deducted, just there's no there's no stopping and scanning a card at a toll, the toll knows that the car went through, uh, insurance companies being able to lock your car remotely if you don't pay your insurance or if you don't pay your car repayments. Uh, I think about things like on a peer-to-peer -peer basis where, you know, people are selling energy over and back to each other. If you go on holidays and you're not using electricity in your house, there's an opportunity for you to make some, a little bit of money on, you know, unused Wi-Fi reception, for example. Um, and I think as well about things like, something I feel pretty strongly about is when we talk about addressing the climate problem and, you know, everybody at the moment is kind of railing against blockchain and saying, well, that's bad for the environment. But what I try to, to present to people is that if you have a decentralized token that has a social value, so it's a, it's a token that's linked to your behavior, let's say, and I'm, I'm not talking about the social conditioning that, that people talk about uh, when they speak about China. Um, I'm talking more about the, for example, if you have a token that's linked to your carbon footprint and throughout the course of the year, every decision you make, it's recording what you're doing. So whether it's you choose a particular flight, whether you choose a particular type of transport, 
whether you choose to buy a particular type of coffee. And throughout the course of the year, all of these uh, decisions you make are attributed to the value of the token in your wallet. It's something which you people can see the impact you've made, but you yourself are held accountable for everything you have done. It's different to buying a flight ticket and the airline saying, would you like to offset your carbon credits? I mean, nobody really knows what that means. And you don't feel empowered to make a change to the environment. But if your choices throughout the year were linked to everything you did, and this token was proof of it, then I think that could be quite powerful. So it's really about um, if you have AI and blockchain working together and you think in a whole new paradigm, the kind of things that we could do and the way that we can include everybody in, in you know, sort of, decisions and, and initiatives that change the planet, I think can be quite powerful. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. Some really kind of interesting points there to raise. Ala, I think you may have just wanted to conclude on that as well. Yeah, sure. Um, a couple of points I would like to add. So in, in terms of carbon footprint, I just want to, to say, for example, there is advancement already already happening in some uh, blockchains. For example, Ethereum moved to proof of stake, which has massive reduction in terms of like uh, energy, energy consumption. So, so Ethereum and proof of stake blockchains, they're already uh, working in the direction of uh, reducing the carbon footprint. And there is a lot of uh, people maybe not noticing, but there is a lot of advancement happening in different technologies within blockchain. For example, zero knowledge proof uh, as, as one example. So zero knowledge proof, what, what will bring to the table? It will bring two important aspects, which is scalability and privacy. So people have concerns about their data being recorded on the ledger, but with zero knowledge, you don't need to uh, publish those information or those data uh, publicly to to uh, to, uh, to the blockchain. Uh, with the zero knowledge, you would be able just to uh, anchor the root state of, of these data uh, without uh, the visibility of those information. Uh, other technologies also, in my opinion, was driven by the advancement of blockchain is around identity. So let's take an example of DIDs and VCs, which which we call verifiable credentials. So I do believe this is going to play an invitable role in the future. Um, so verifiable credentials, just in a nutshell, you could have uh, some uh, attestation in your in your device to, to prove, for example, you are above 18 years old uh, without revealing your actual age. So you just show, this uh, verifiable credential to the verifier and the verifier can just somehow uh, verify the information without knowing the exact exact data so imagine how ai could pl play a vital role into the, uh, the interpretation of this information and uh, how blockchain will be uh, will be having a remark remarkable role in the future yeah. can i spoil the party <laughs> um, I'm not actually spoiling it, but I just want to want to make one point. The, you know, if you, when you start dealing with blockchain, then you try to make sense out of it, and you you read and read, and and then you realize, at least from my perspective, do we not sometimes just change the structure of the value chain, or do we not change the actors? Instead of it's a financial intermediary, it's now a DAO and the DAO has a governance token, that governance token is making decisions and there are certain people who make minting and burning decisions, uh, etc. Uh, if you look closer to some of the protocols we are observing, 
I doubt very much that those governance structures in place are better than with the ones which we have today in the financial system, for example. I'm doubting it very heavily. So, and then we have a fragmentation in the entire industry, except that we have 50% of market cap is Bitcoin and the rest is an Ethereum and the rest is along that. So the question is here as well, what is really the utility of all these different use cases which are given to us as changing the world? The other thing is all your use cases, if you really go through your use cases again, and then ask, ask you this question, do you need really blockchain for that? Do you need a blockchain for that? Give you an example, a counter example, IATA. IATA is the aviation systems, Galileo and Amadeus, a centralized system, completely central. It runs globally, globally. All the airlines, did you have a, there's hardly any problem of booking a ticket at a travel agent or at the airline. The entire thing, the internal settlement system of payments between airlines working seamlessly, lowest cost, highest productivity. Centralized system. Why do I need a blockchain? I don't know. I have full control of the governance of IATA. There's a democratic, clearly understandable governance structure. If I go to a blockchain and talk about governance and all these tokens, I wonder who actually is really in control. And that's one of the reasons why we have an FTX problem, because nobody knows. They don't have controls in place. They're commingled funds. The basics of risk management, operational risk management are in place. I should trust these guys? Never. Not at this stage. I believe in blockchain. Don't get me wrong. But I think I very strongly believe that we need to move it to real precise use cases. And obviously, securities is one. Payments is one without a case. But it's not happening, in my view, with those cowboys, um, but it's going to be in a regulated way. And you can see it already happening. Circle is regulated in the United States with a stablecoin USDC. Not, this is a reason behind that. <laughs> so I, that's my view on this. Uh, you have to be really precise at looking when do you have a blockchain and when does a cryptographically secured database actually suffice? Thanks, and it's Frank. a wallet. Allah, did you have a, a point you wanted to raise there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just one one point. Like, if you will take the current uh, use case, the most prominent use case of blockchain, which is speculation, you <laughs> will not reach you 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 will not reach any outcome. What I'm looking to the blockchain is the potential outcome of tokenization. So, mm -hmm. if you understand where I'm coming from, I do believe blockchain is a major lever in the tokenization of the entire ecosystem, which is going to emerge with the advancement of AI. So if we need to if we need to think about potential use cases, you are you are you are right, maybe it, it didn't emerge yet. But if you think about tokenization and like to reach an advanced level of, of tokenization, I think blockchain could play uh, a remarkable role into mm -hmm. uh, as a component in the in the in the, in the, in the puzzle of uh, uh, big data and artificial in intelligence, I think we 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 would need blockchain and the emerging technologies, which is coming out of blockchain, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Allah. I think um, we'll leave it there, guys. We're running out of time a little bit, but um, yeah, this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Morgan, Allah, Dominic and Frank um, for providing their insights into the topic and thank you for listening. If you'd like to get involved in any of our upcoming podcasts, please reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn or by email.